Hello and welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. Hope you're having a great week so far. CJ and I are in our third week of camps here in Tampa. Those are always fun. They're tiring because, you know, all day on court can't get tiring, particularly when you get old like CJ and I are. But it's a lot of fun to be on court with players from all over the country and, frankly, other countries. (laughs) We have players from the Caribbean in this one, players from uh, Canada. So it's awesome to have, uh, you know, be on court with them as they work on their pickleball journeys and to uh, collaborate with them and share the knowledge that uh, that we have about pickleball and our love for the sport and help them empower them as pickleball players. Um, you know, sometimes it can be, not sometimes, it always is going to be hard to get on court with CJ and I because there's only so many spots, there's only so many uh, hours in a day and days in a week, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons why CJ and I put together the pickleball system. So if you ever want to learn from CJ and I and everything that we have to teach about pickleball, the pickleball system is a great choice. This week, we are going to go into two subjects that I think you'll enjoy. I'm going to enjoy them anyway. Uh, One is how do you apply the concepts that you're learning, right? Whether it's uh, in the system, whether it's at a camp, whether it's from CJ or I and other other means, right, that we have uh, to teach you. Uh, you know, how are you applying those concepts in rec play? What, what happens when you're playing a rec play, right? How do you play with a player who doesn't play, quote unquote, right? We're going to talk about that. Uh, and then in the riff, I'm going to talk about hitting an ATP, right? And not not so much about the ATP itself, but what it means when you're able to hit an ATP. That's an around the post, if you've never heard that phrase before. I'll also explain to you what an ATP is. How about that? And then I'm also going to tell you what a riff is, because we got a question from a listener, and the question was, you say you're going to do cover something in the riff what is a riff so we're going to talk about this week so if you're ready for those topics get ready for some pickleball therapy pickleball players often focus on their shots on improving their shots there's nothing wrong with improving your shots you will need to be able to hit shots to play your best pickleball however selecting the best shot for any given situation depends on the game's framework from the framework of the game you can develop the objectives that you need to accomplish when you're out on the court From objectives, you get strategies. From strategies, you select the best shot. If you want to play your best pickleball and understand the game when you're out there, you'll need to understand the framework of pickleball. The most efficient way to learn the framework of pickleball is through the pickleball system. You not only get the shots and strategies and objectives you need, you get the framework of the game. Join us inside a system class and become a complete pickleball player. I'll link to it below. It's pretty common when you play in rec play that you're going to play with different players, right? You're going to be moving around and one minute you're playing with Martha, then you're playing with Sam, and then you're playing with Barbara and so on, right? And it can be frustrating sometimes for pickleball players who, you know, who have, who are growing as players. Because what happens is you'll see the game a certain way, you'll understand the game a certain way. You know, if you're a system member, then you're going to know that there's certain things that are more optimal than others uh, when you're out on the pickleball court that'll give you the best chance for success when you're playing a rally. And, you know, the, some of the other players on the court uh, may not know the same things, may think differently about the game, etc. And so, again, it can be a little bit frustrating sometimes when we're out there. So what I wanted to do is talk to you in general about it and then give you some suggestions. And then I'm going to talk to you about some specific situations. We're going to talk about what do you do when you're playing bangers. We'll talk about what you do when you're playing with players who stay back, right? On the return of serve in particular, players who just don't come in. And then we're going to play, talk about generally about playing with players who do not play quote-unquote right. Kind of some general guidelines you can use there. 
So framing it out, you know, when we go out to the pickleball court, you know, we gotta we have to understand that we have control, right? We have agency and control over our games, but that's it. In other words, all we can control when we go out on the pickleball court is what we do as pickleball players on the court. What shots we hit, how we move, where we stand, those sorts of things are things that only, you know, all we can do again is control what we can control. We cannot control our opponents, and that becomes particularly relevant when we're talking about the bangers, right? When we're playing against bangers. And we also can't control our partners. Now, if you know the, your partner and you know it's, it's a friend or someone that you can speak to about things, go ahead and do it. But oftentimes, or at least, not I mean oftentimes, but at least sometimes, you're going to be playing with players who either you know, aren't interested in what you have to sell, right? They're not, they don't want to buy, they're not buying what you're selling, or um, they have other ideas and things like that. So, you know, thinking about it that way, I can only control what I can control. There's that saying, you know, uh, it's something like, uh, you know, God give me the the Matthew, I remember, God give me the the the, um, the strength to to uh, you know change the things I can change, the patience to understand, the, the, to accept the things I can change, and the wisdom to recognize the difference between them two. And many times on the pickleball court, there's things that you just simply can't change. And sometimes you're dealing with simple, you know, not simple, but you're dealing with just you know soci- uh, sociology, psychology, personal interactions, politics, whatever. And so you have to uh, account for those when you are. Uh, playing pickleball in, an, in a rec play situation. So, you know, what we suggest, generally speaking, is understanding that you can control what you can control is step number one. Step number two is, you know, make uh, you can make approaches to other players, assuming that, A, they're open to it. But if you're going to do that, ask permission. So ask the other player, hey, do you mind if I share an idea that I have with you or something that I'm seeing with you? If they look resistant or they're kind of hesitant, then just say, okay, no problem. And then just play the game. You know, you do you. And we'll talk about that in a second, some more tips about that. But you do what, what what's right for you as a player on the court. Don't worry about what they're doing. And just finish the game, tap paddles, and move on to your next game. Uh, I'll tell you that even as a as an instructor and as a pro, pro player, uh, you know, the, uh, last night I was in with a group. Uh, uh, it was basically, you know, playing with a pro player. Uh, uh, item that CJ and I had each auctioned off an item for a for a charity, playing with a pro, and even in that situation, they're playing with a pro. They auction, they they purchase the item. Even there, I'm asking them, right? Do you all do you all want me to share with you what I'm seeing? And they were gracious and said, sure, yeah, absolutely. Please tell us what you're seeing, and and you know, and and I was happy to share that with them. But I asked for permission, even as an instructor. So you know, ask permission if they're open to it. Share it with them. Understanding. At all times, though, that you can only control what you can control. Now, let's talk about a couple of different situations, a few different situations that arise. Let's start with the bangers, right? So players will get sometimes frustrated or or a little bit flummoxed sometimes when they're playing against bangers. And, you know, the idea is, is why are they banging the ball? They shouldn't be banging the ball and things like that. Listen, folks, you can't tell your opponents what shot to hit, right? If you get on the court with, with a player... Um, they're going to hit whatever shot they're going to hit. What you can do, right, is you can control whether you hit the ball they hit your way. A lot of times, I'm telling you, a lot of times those banging shots, they're going out. And the reason they don't go out is not because the banger hit a fantastic shot. It's because you stopped the ball from going out with your paddle. That's what you can control. So you can control your actions, right? Your decision making about hitting the out ball or not, hit, or hitting that not necessarily out ball, just a ball that may go out, right? Um, you have a decision as to whether you're going to hit the ball hit by the banger or not hit the ball hit by the banger. That's your choice. 
what you cannot do is think that you're going to control the banger. Same thing with lobbers and everybody else. Whatever shot they want to hit, they're entitled to hit their shots, and then you're going to have to deal with a shot that they hit your way. What you can do, again, is control your side of the, of the, of the, of the net and, more specifically, exactly what you do. Now, you do have a choice as to whether you get on the court with a player like that. That is your choice. There are players who I will not get on the court with unless I really need to practice on you know out-of-control shots. Because these players will simply hit the ball as hard as they can in any direction at any time with absolutely no control. Now, I don't mind a missed shot here and there. I miss shots sometimes when I'm aiming a certain way and it goes a little bit different than I want. But, you know, sometimes you can, there are players who are kind of dangerous to be on the court with, right? Because the balls are just flying all over the place. Uh, and they'll hit the ball, might hit you in the face, might hit you in the wherever, it doesn't matter. And so, you know, with a player like that, if you're feeling unsafe, just don't play. Right. Once you step on the court with them, you can still stop the game. Right. You can still leave if you want to. That's your choice. But if you accept being on the court with them and they they're hitting balls, that's up to them what ball they want to hit. Now, let's talk about your partner. That's a little bit trickier. We talked a little bit earlier about what you can do with partners that you can ch- chat with and partners that don't want it. So you'll deal with that. But let's say you're playing with a player who just stays back. This is the player who returns serve and just stands at the baseline. Now. If it's someone you can talk to, feel free to talk to them about it, right? And it's just explain things to them. Now, if it's someone that you don't know or someone you're not comfortable talking with or they don't want it, then what you're going to do is you can't control them, but you can control yourself. So what you're going to do is you're going to go stand at the baseline with them, not next to them, but like, you know, on your side, on the baseline. Chances are they're going to look at you funny and they're going to say, why are you back here? Or, you know, you got to go up there. Now, what I recommend is don't make it about you versus them. So don't look at them and go, well, you're playing wrong, so I'm going to stand back here and be upset about it. What you want to do is just look at them and say, hey, listen, you know, I I noticed that you're playing from back here. So I want to play as a team. And you can use, you know, CJ or my name is fine. You know, Coach CJ or Coach Tony have said to me, hey, you know, support your partner, play with your partner. And so I'm going to come back here and I'm going to start here. Now, if you move up, I'll move with you. Sure. Yeah, of course. You know, I'm going to be with you. So make it about like the team thing. Um, and you can always drop our email address to him, Tony at We're Pickleball, CJ We're Pickleball.com both times, um, and say, you know, hey, you can send them an email. They always, you know, they always like to hear new ideas on pickleball. And we haven't gotten an email yet, but you're welcome to do that. But that's, that's a, the, the reason you do that is because you are playing, you're doing there what is best for you as an individual based on what your partner is doing, right? They're making a decision to stay back. Right, that's their decision. That's not the best thing for your team, right? But since they've made that decision, you're you're basically you're you're playing off of their decision, right? So they made a decision to stay back and not come in on the return of serve. You're in turn then going back to the, the your the baseline at, at the return of serve and when they're returning serve. And then if they move in, you move in with them. If they don't move in, you stay back. You're going to be safer because you're not going to get slammed with those balls. Because I guarantee you, if your partner's not coming down the return of serve, reasonable chance they're hitting a high ball that's going to get smashed. And guess what? You're the one that's going to hit with the ball. So exercise your agency, exercise your control, go back with them. Now let's talk about the generally, some general ideas. So I'm playing with a player who doesn't play quote unquote right. I put quotes around it because there are some things that make pickleball more optimal, right? That, that, that give you the highest chance for success. But once you get past a few basic principles, there's variety in how we play pickleball, right? Some some pickleball players attack more than others. Some pickleball players play safer than others. Some lob, some don't lob, you know, things like that. And listen, that's the beauty of our sport. It's not a one-size-fits-all sport where you just do exactly this, this, and this. Now, there are some general parameters that are helpful. 
And frankly, that's why we built the pickleball system and our camps the way we do. We focus more than anything on the framework and objectives. We give you strategies, sure, and we work on shots, absolutely. But if you understand the framework and you understand the objectives of the game, now you can build strategies and, and use shots that, that fit within that framework and that, that the objectives that you have to maximize your chances for success, right? So, but, but again, there is no like one, only one option. There's not like, you know, again, sometimes there, there's better ideas, but, but there's not always like there's one, only one shot available. There's multiple shots available. And so that's why I use the quotes. But sometimes you're playing with players who, instead of saying, you know, thinking about them as not playing right, they're players who play unintentional pickleball. Right? They lack the concept that we love in our, in our teaching is intentionality. It's a really, we use that term intentionally. We, we, we emphasize it that way and we like the term because intentionality means I'm making decisions out there as to what I'm trying to do. Now, hopefully it happens what I'm trying, but it's, that's not what important, what's important. What's important is I am intending to do something. Now, there are players who play unintentional pickleball. Sometimes we call it ball over net pickleball. It's just hit the ball, whatever happens, happens. There's nothing really wrong with that, right? It's not wrong. It's just, you know, they're not giving themselves the best chance for success. Maybe they're enjoying their day and having a good time and fine, that's great. Um, but if you're listening to this podcast and you're, or you're working with us in the system and things like that, obviously you want more out of pickleball. So sometimes that can be a little frustrating. What I recommend is, is when you're playing in that situation, Understand that they are not necessarily, um, uh, you know, playing wrong pickleball. What you're going to do is you're going to adjust yourself to don't put yourself in any harm. So that's the player that doesn't come in and is putting you like up at the NBZ by yourself and you're just getting smashed with balls. Put yourself in a better position there and then try and work on parts of the game that you can work on regardless of what your partner is doing. Right. Whether it's resetting third shots, you know, soft game, things like that. Try and do that. As, as your partner is playing quote-unquote wrong, understand that your chances of winning the game aren't great, but okay, that's life. Um, do the best you can out there. Exercise agency over the areas you can control, and you'll enjoy the game more and get more out of it too. Be safer and get more out of it. So hopefully that helps. Now in the riff, we are going to tell you what a riff is first, then I'll tell you what an ATP is, and then I'll tell you why an a hitting an ATP may be an interesting indication of where you are in the game. Stay tuned for the riff. Whether we're teaching, drilling, or playing, CJ and I trust our feet and bodies to only one pickleball shoe. The pickleball shoe made by the experts at Tyrol Pickleball. Tyrol is the only shoe manufacturer that designs shoes specifically and only for pickleball. Click on the link below and check out the shoes that CJ and I trust and try a pair yourself. We'll see you on the court. Before we jump into the riff, I'm going to tell you what a riff is. It's a good question, right? What is it? Why is Tony always saying, you know, stay tuned for the riff? So think of a riff. There's different ways of using it, like musically and stuff like that. But the way I'm using it is a riff is just basically me sounding off about something. Frankly, the entire Pickleball Therapy podcast started because, you know, I, I just wanted to talk about something. And so I said, well, how do I do this? So I started up my... Uh, my little recorder thing on the computer and said, all right, let's start talking about some pickleball things that are interesting to me anyway. And, and if you're listening to this, hopefully to you. So a riff is just basically, I'm just riffing. I'm just talking about something. And what I want to talk about this week is, is something that came across. Um, one thing is one thing I saw in, in, in person. And then one thing that I got a, a message from, and it has to do with this shot called the ATP. ATP is around the post. That literally means that the ball 
travels, when you hit it, it travels around the net post, right? So it doesn't go over the net, it goes like next to the net, right? And lands inside the, the opponent's court. It's not a common shot, obviously. You know, you have to be pulled pretty wide. Usually it's on a dink that you're pulled crazy wide and then you get out there and then you have the angle opens up for you to hit it. If you ever want to try it out, what you do is go to the court, just go to the like the edge of the MVZ, take a big step to your left or right way out there, drop a ball, hit it at an angle past the net. That's what an ATP looks like. So what had happened was uh, CJ and I had been at the courts. Uh, again, as I said at the beginning, we're in camps here. So we're at the courts. We're, we're, we're playing around, watching some games and stuff. And uh, a friend whose name I won't mention um, has a ball that literally, I mean, the, the ATP from where we were standing looked very obvious, right? That, that, that the around the post shot was available. And so I said, hey, name, um, you know, because he hit a ball the other way and they ended up losing the rally, right? He hit a different shot and it just wasn't the best shot to hit in that situation. So I was like, hey, you know, and again, I know his name and I know him. So I was like, hey, you know, um, why didn't you use an ATP there? And he said, uh, so he goes, oh, there was no ATP there. And CJ and I looked at him like, no, not only was it there, it was there in spades. Like you were, it looked like, you know, you could have driven a Mack truck into ATP that just tapped it in there. So remember that one for a second. And then next I'll tell you a story of a, a friend of ours from the, and a, a student and friend, right? She's, she's become a friend of ours. And uh, she sent me a message that she hit an ATP and, and around the post shot recently. And the way she expressed it is what made me think about this. So she said, you know, I just saw it. So think about that for a second, right? We have two situations where a ball is setting up for the around the post shot out wide. One player sees it, right? So basically like it just sees the court, sees everything happening. It's almost like slow motion. The other player, and no criticism, right? It just happens. But the other player isn't able to see it. And what I think that's indicative of is how, how not just well, how well we're seeing things, but how much we're in our own heads, Right. So you can, the player who saw the around the post shot was in the moment, you know, everything must have been going super slow at the time, you know, just beautifully like that. You see that ball, you know, past the net post on the side and you just see that court open up and it's like the angels are singing and boom, hits the ATP. The other player, right, everything's going a little too fast, right? Things are going a little, there's too much noise in the mind, right? There's too many things going on. And even though the ball sets up identically, right? The angels singing and all that stuff, just that's not heard. The, the player just couldn't hear it, couldn't see it, right? And so what I want you to think about, again, don't go out and try to hit a bunch of ATPs. That's not the point of this. The point of this is, is what you want to do is you want to calm yourself down. You want to slow yourself down enough that when an opportunity arises, whether it's an ATP, a pop-up pitcher way, you know, an opening that's available to you that maybe you didn't used to see and now you can see it, that when those opportunities arise, you're, you're, you're going so slow in your mind and everything is so calm that you hear those angels singing and you hit the shot that's available to you. All right, so that's this week's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review it. It helps us reach other players. Uh, if you want to join our Pickleball System class, we just closed the uh, winter 2023 class that started uh, the beginning of this week. Uh, but we'll be starting up a class in no time, believe it or not. And so we will have information on how to join our wait list. Make sure you secure your space for our next class. I'm telling you something. Pickleball system, it does not miss. The pickleball system will get you everything you need. All right, folks. Have a great week. If you enjoyed the podcast, share it with your friends. If you enjoyed it, they probably will too. We'll see you next time.